Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. This week's topic, the Enneagram. Hey, Steffi. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you this week? I'm, I'm good. Did you survive the first week of school with your kids? Uh, luckily, we did. Everything seems to be going pretty well. They both forgot tomorrow is Saturday, so they are clearly <laughs> very back into the routine already. They're into their routine. Uh, you guys, Megan was telling me that her littlest, their classroom has, your, what did they call it, flex seating? Yes, flexible, yeah, flex seating. Um, they have those special chairs with yoga balls in them. They have little cushions that they can sit on. They can sit on just the rug. There's a couch, all sorts of different kinds of chairs. And I am very, very jealous. I'm jealous. I would have loved that when I was when I was a kid. We did like in my, I think in my third grade classroom, my teacher had like a bunch of bean bags and stuff for reading time, but it wasn't like that was very specific, like for quiet reading time. That's the only time we got to sit in them. Yeah, I think we had those. Um, I think maybe in sixth grade we had a little reading corner with bean bags, and it was a big deal. So yeah. it's pretty cool to see that they're embracing this at a younger age. I know it's great for different learning styles, and it's of course attractive to us, being that we are cozy and would like to be cozy in our seating all the time. <laughs> So this week, we are going to talk about the Enneagram. Yeah. um, Funniest story about how we got into the Enneagram is that we actually both kind of found it on Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram so much. It's the weirdest place sometimes. (laughs) We follow an account that is called My Therapist Says, and at one point... They did some sort of Instagram post about an Enneagram, and that was kind of like our little we were like, you know, dog ears perking up, and what's this? And um, we've kind of been hooked ever since. Yes, it, and we actually will put in the th- in the show notes. We will link to my therapist says because it is one of the greatest accounts on the internet. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. Um, so we definitely both took our little quizzes and then did a bunch of reading to kind of figure out exactly what type we were. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, But our obsession has been strong for several months now. Um, Disclaimer that we are not actually Enneagram experts. We are hobby enthusiasts. So take take our research with a grain of salt definitely do your own research but we thought this might be a fun way to kind of kick off our first episode Um, it's something that we're both really interested in but also give you guys a little bit more insight into our personalities and the people that you're listening to and things like that so let's talk about it shall we sounds great so the first question I get from people, because I do share a lot of Enneagram stuff on my Instagram account, particularly my Instagram stories, is what is the Enneagram? Um, it's a weird word. What does this mean? So I actually went on to Enneagram Institute, which we'll link to in the show notes, 
And it's because Enneagram is actually way more than just a personality test. Um, it's actually much it can't, I mean, that it can be that, but it is much more in depth than that. So directly, this is directly from the Enneagram Institute. From one point of view, the Enneagram can be seen as a set of nine distinct personality types with each number on the Enneagram denoting one type. It is common to find a little of yourself in all nine of the types, although one of them should stand out as being closest to yourself. This is your basic personality type. So we all have one personality type and they make a few different points, which I find to be really interesting and something that's a little bit different from a lot of other personality tests. Um, I know Megan and I have done Myers-Briggs. Um, what are some other ones we've done? I can't even remember. Um, I mean, not just uh, tests themselves, but also, you know, people think about their horoscopes or, mm-hmm. you know, their Chinese zodiac sign, mm-hmm. like all of those things are what people usually think of when you're like, oh, a test about decide who I am. Like, this is different. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this is a little different. So a few things that differentiate it from some of those other things, uh, people do not change from one basic personality type to another. So there are definitely some quizzes where you take the test at one point in your life, and then a few years later, you take it again, and your your personality type has changed. This is not something like that. You are always your basic personality type. And it's actually interesting when you take some of these quizzes, they actually tell you to think about when you were a kid, what your answer would have been, because they say that when we're kids, some of our personality instincts are the strongest. So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Megan, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, you have kids, so I'm kind of interested to know what your thoughts are on that. I think that it seems like it would be pretty accurate. I know, like, thinking back onto when I was a kid, I think it might be a little bit harder to be able to be like, oh, I'm pretty sure that I was like this, you know, way back when. Yeah. But looking at my own kids, like, they have very clear personality types. And I imagine that they'll be pretty similar when they're adults, especially when I see some of their personality types are the ones that I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's different for both of them, but it seems like that would be a really good way to be like, not necessarily predict who they're going to be, but right. uh, I don't know. It's just really interesting to, to think about, especially when, you know, you're a parent, like you always want to know what your kids are going to be like when right. they grow up. And it's hard to kind of come to terms with the fact that that's exactly kind of who they are right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I do think like our I do think that we take on some other things about our environment and the lessons that we learn as we age. But yeah, when I think about the, some of the things that I loved when I was a kid, they're the things that I still really love, and they're some of the instincts that I still definitely have. So it that is funny that you say like you want to know what they're going to be like. Well, you're kind of looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something else to know about these personality types, they're universal. They apply equally to males and females. Nothing is inherently masculine or feminine or anything like that. Um, It's also important to note that not everything in the description of your basic type, your basic number, is going to apply to you all the time because we're like, you know, 
human beings and (laughs) (laughs) our personalities fluctuate and we're always particularly and we'll get into this a little bit particularly when we're stressed out or we're really healthy or things like that our instincts change a little bit um so not everything is going to be the same all the time so just because you're like well that one thing about this number doesn't seem to apply to me like you could that could still be your personality type right and they use numbers and I thought this was really interesting. They designate numbers because numbers are value neutral. So there are definitely some tests where it'll be like the peacemaker, the, um, the I can't even think of other like words like that, but it, it's sort of adding the, a value to it, right? Like, yeah, because some of the labels aren't necessarily positive. Mm-hmm. Or things that you would want to yourself like, to be the dictator. Seen as. You're like, right. I don't want to be the dictator. Exactly. <laughs> so it's to, like just numbers are value neutral. None of the ranking, like being a one versus being a nine, there's no difference between those. They're just they're just numbers. So those are some things that to kind of keep in mind when you are learning about this. Don't feel like, oh, well, is a one better than a nine? There's there is no personality number that is better than another they're just numbers mm-hmm. um so in the enneagram and when you look at it visually it's set up in a circle um, with nine at the top and then going from one and all the way back around to nine um and so there's always a number that's a two numbers adjacent to you so i'm a one so nine and two are adjacent to me megan is a five so four and six are adjacent to her um, you can have what they call a wing it's going to be a number that is adjacent to your primary personality type um, and it's something that it you can be a lot of your wing. You can have a very small amount of your wing, um, but it's just that you take on some or a lot of those basic personality types as well. So, right. And you can't have some people claim that they can have, like, uh, if you're a five, they're like, well, I'm a five, but I have a two wing. That's not how that's that works. That's fake news. Yes. It's lies. I think that's kind of when people see certain personality aspects mm-hmm. of that and they want that to be associated with themselves, but yes. that's it doesn't work that way. Yes. Yes. So here's where I actually really think the Enneagram is cool and different than a lot of other of these personality tests that are out there. So there's a goal with the Enneagram and ultimately the goal is that we acquire all of the healthy aspects of all of the types that we kind of move around the circle and we integrate all of the positive things that each type symbolizes. So it's really about growth and existing on a continuum and really being a human being. It's not about like, you are this, you are always going to act like this. This is, you are, you know, a cookie cutter of this thing. Um, It's really about understanding how our basic personality type is likely to react both under stress and um, when we're in a pattern of growth and allow us to understand how we can be our better selves. Right. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be stuck forever at your spot you know if just because it's your base personality type doesn't mean you're not going to take on the aspects of a three or you're not going to take mm-hmm. on the aspects of a seven because 
people are very layered. Yep. And We're like onions. We are like onions and ogres. And ogres. <laughs> <laughs> so it, people, I think, you know, any personality test, they are going to get a little bit bogged down into what the results are. But the Enneagram is definitely not meant to be read that way. Right. Um, and it's actually, it's kind of funny. We saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, you take the Enneagram thinking it's just a personality test. And then you realize like, oh my God, it's this path to a better self. And it sort of blows your mind. Um, but it really is pretty interesting when you dive into it. And if you go really deep, there's a lot more um, with regards to instincts and there's something called centers and a whole bunch of shit like that um, that we're not going to get into, but you should definitely research. Um, again, we're going to link to Enneagram Institute in the show notes. So you can kind of check some of that stuff out, but that's if you like really want to get really deep into it and really get an A plus on your report about the Enneagram. If you're a five. <laughs> or one. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, let's talk about our types. So I am a one. Um, type ones are principled, we're purposeful, self-controlled, we're very <laughs> perfectionistic, um, which if my husband's listening to this right now, he's just laughing and laughing. <laughs> uh, our basic fears are of being corrupt or evil or defective. Um, so morality is actually really important to ones, which is not something that I had ever really thought about with my personality type. It's just something that sort of existed. And then and the more I dug into this, the more I was like, oh my God, this is so right. Um, our, our real basic desire is to be good, to have integrity, to be balanced. And that is very true. It's when I do something, if I feel like I have screwed up and not just like made a mistake, but I've done something that wasn't to my moral standard, I really beat myself up about it. And turns out that's a very one thing to do. <laughs> um, we also always want to be right. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Guys, the most type one thing I've ever done is when my sweet husband took this test and he told me what type he thought he was. I informed him he was wrong and I told him what personality type he actually is. Um, so but what of the test was the test wrong or was the test was, was wrong? He, but then he, he was also answering had his it, questions incorrectly. I don't. Well, you know, I don't really know. We can't really say. Well, actually, it is kind of interesting because I believe him to be an eight um, with quite a bit of a nine wing. I mean, I actually have read a lot that one or that eights can be mistaken as ones. And the test did tell him he was a one. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm a one. You are not a one. <laughs> <laughs> We are not the same person. We are very. We have a lot of similarities, but we are not the same personality type. But that is the most one thing I've ever done was off the bat inform him that he was incorrect and I was correct about his personality type. Um, so which leads me to at our worst, <laughs> ones are intolerant, inflexible, and um, everyone else is wrong, which they are. And we are also kind of judgy. I'm a kind of a judgy McJudgerson. So. I mean, who among us are? Who among us is not a judgy person? (laughs) I cast that for stone. Uh, I also have a fairly moderate two wing. Um, There's a lot of things about twos that I identify a fair amount with, particularly um, 
being empathetic and sincere and warm-hearted. I like I like to think that I am those things, um, and especially having a hard time saying no. So I find myself um, often juggling more than I probably should because saying no comes a little hard for me, but then I also, as a type one, have to do it all perfectly. So I often find myself sort of burning the candle at both ends, if you will. Um, but she's taking on too many things. So that is, that's me. Megan, tell us about, tell us about type fives. Um, so I'm type five. I'm actually pretty close to a type eight, which would explain why Alex and I get along so well. Uh, sure does. <laughs> uh, so some of the main characteristics of a type five is, uh, um, and they are perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Very true. Mm-hmm. I definitely pr- uh, prioritize my private time. Basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable. I absolutely, I, you know, I don't need to be the best at everything, but I want to be the best at what I can do, basically. Uh, it. I don't want to waste anyone's time. And so I view, you know, not being able to help somebody as being useless. Um, and it, you know, feeds off of the basic desire, which is to be capable and competent. I really, I, you know, in my job, um, in event planning, my main goal all the time <laughs> is to always make the next event better than the last one. So even if an event goes really, really well and nothing goes wrong and people are, you know, complimenting it or whatever, I'm like, well, you know, next time it'll be better. I'll, I'll like find six things I can rattle off and be like, you- you cannot, it's impossible, it's impossible to compliment Megan on an event that she did because she'll go, well, next time I could do X, Y, and Z better. <laughs> no, compliments are the worst. I hate them. Um, I really just want to have the knowledge to be able to um, carry out tasks. I want to understand the environment that I'm around. I like having things figured out because I hate surprises. Um, you also have, you also have a tendency to really dive deep into learning about things that may or may not be useful information, but I it's like my so my dad is probably also a five um, or possibly an eight because he has a lot of random knowledge that <laughs> he mostly used for crosswords and Jeopardy, but. <laughs> I seem to have inherited that trait where I just kind of find things out all the time and just randomly learn more about stuff. And you can bring up a random topic and she'll be like, oh, yeah. And here's this random fact about this random topic. (laughs) I don't even know. Where was that squirreled away in your brain? To be honest, it's a mystery to me as well. It's um, (laughs) it's just like a random recall thing, like deep, buried, buried, very deep. I don't. <laughs> who knows? Um, but possibly because I want to know so much, that's uh, why fives like me tend to be reclusive and isolated and cynical a little bit. Just a, just a teeny bit. Tiny, tiny bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting better, honestly. I'm not I, as cynical as I used to be. You are. I like to think of it as realistic. That is true. Um, I. And my one of my old jobs, I used to be complimented for 
my biting honesty, which I am not sure is a compliment. Ooh, yeah, that's like a. That's one of the you're like, is that a compliment? I will take the honesty part of it at least. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a good part. Um, I tend to be more of a six wing, which means that I am focused and well organized. Uh, I use like a thousand systems to keep organized. So I definitely agree with that. And I withdraw from others when stressed, which in my case means I go hide in my bedroom. (laughs) I mean, I cannot blame you. It might be the middle of the day. It might be a rant, you know, normal nighttime. You never know, but I just need some time sometimes. Just invite the cat. The cat's the only one allowed. No, I actually don't really want the cat sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) They want attention. That's true. They're annoying. Yeah. I just need to zone out by myself. (laughs) Uh, So how do you figure out your type? I actually, I do get this question a lot from people um, I was talking to a coworker today, actually, who was trying to figure out kind of what her type was. And so we were talking a little bit about it. Um, there are definitely some paid tests and resources that you can use to help identify your type if you like are really feeling gung-ho about it. You really want to pay for that. Um, but there's also a lot of free tests on Google. So a lot of these aren't super, super accurate. Um, so I always recommend to people that they take a few different ones and we'll link to a couple that I feel like are pretty good um, in the show notes, Um, but kind of take a few, see what results tend to come up the most, and then read a ton about those to determine if you feel like it's correct. So just read about all the types, um, kind of feel like, okay, you know, this test said that I was a one, but I'm going to read about a few different things. And yeah, you know what? As I read more and more, I really am identifying the most with a type one. And I do feel like I identify a little with a type two. Like those are the types of things that you're going to start to pick up on as you read um, both online, on Instagram. Like weirdly, Instagram is a really great place to learn about some of this stuff. You can just search hashtags, just search Enneagram, Enneagram type one, Enneagram type five. um, And you'll find all sorts of accounts with some really great information. So it just kind of get you started, get you down the road to kind of determining what your type is, um, learning what others are. I've read enough about types that I can kind of start to identify some people in my life, what type I think that they are or might be, um, which is mildly creepy, I suppose. Um, But, you know, I strive to just keep things, just keep people on the edge of their seat. Am I, am I creepy? Am I friendly? It's really hard to tell. (laughs) I just feel like, you know, the more that you get to know somebody and you you get so involved with the topic, like the Enneagram and you notice what they do and their personalities and start to, I don't know, just kind of, it's not that you necessarily need to classify them, but it just a lot of things naturally pop out. Yeah. I would I was at a uh, Kokodama making workshop at one of our local nurseries with my mother-in-law a few weeks ago, which I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point as well. Um, but we, so we were making these uh, Kokodamas, which is where you take your plant and the roots, the roots of your plant are sort of wrapped up in this cool moss string art. So you can sort of hang it without having to put a pot in it, put it in a pot. Um, 
so we were making this and there was this guy there and we were like sit, working next to each other and we were kind of talking and we were both feeling kind of perfectionistic about it and I just looked at him and I go you're an Enneagram one aren't you and he goes oh my god yes are you <laughs> Of course, a plant workshop is the one place you'd actually find someone else who knows about who the Enneagram. Who knows about the Enneagram. <laughs> and I just like, as I was talking, I was like, I have a feeling if I say this, he's going to know what I'm talking about. So luckily, he did. And he wasn't like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but <laughs> sometimes my, you can identify strangers. My thing right now is, um, so... I've started to notice some of my other friends online have been following the Enneagram and learning more about the Enneagram and they will type themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, much like you with your husband, I disagree very strongly. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, no, your numbers, that's not your number at all. What? No. (laughs) And you like want to tell them, but you also don't want to be that person. I feel like if you tell them it might, you know, I don't have that relationship with them that you do with your husband, of course. So like, am I insulting them if I say that their Enneagram is wrong? Right. You have to have receipts. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I I do think even though the Enneagram, they're not, you know, divided into like a positive and negative kind of situation like some of the other ones. There are certain types, I think, that some people are drawn to more than others and mm-hmm. they really want themselves to be that one mm-hmm. and that's just not always the case and that's yes. okay yes you yes. don't have to worry about it um it's just meant to give you more understanding about yourself it's not meant to be you know the end all of all of your life and that's how you have to move forward forever absolutely and remember there are positive aspects of every single number and that's really what you want to strive for you want to kind of learn what are those positive things of each number and how can i strive to take on some of those qualities so that i can you know really be my best self um and how can i avoid some of the pitfalls of the not as nice qualities of some of these numbers. So again, it's really all about growth. It's about existing on a continuum. It's about figuring out how to be the best you. It's not about, you know, anything good, bad. There's no value to like value assignment there. It's just how can we be better people? Absolutely. And one of the things I like best about the things that I've been reading about the Enneagram is that they offer lots of ways for each type to be growing and Mm -hmm. just adapting to their environment and to who they are as a person. And I find that part really, really interesting to me, especially as as an introvert, as someone who kind of tries to hide from people. um, Those tips are really invaluable to me. Yes. Well, and then again, like we talked about like type ones, we have a big morality thing and wanting to do the right thing. And so for me, learning like how to be a better person is always something that I want to do. And so learning about those things from each number and even within my type and my adjacent types and things like that, um, that's something that just really, you know, hits home for me as a one of like, oh, I can be a better person. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Teach me! 
So we're going to actually link to a couple of resources and some of our favorite accounts on Instagram that we think that you should check out and follow. Um, some of them are um, more meme-ish accounts, but they all have somebody behind them that actually has studied the Enneagram and like has kind of made that their business um, and is something that they actually <laughs> are not just hobby enthusiasts like us. Um, so we'll link to some of those. But again, if you want more information, there's like you can seriously just go on Instagram, search hashtags, search some accounts. There's it's so big right now. There's so many different accounts that you can follow um, and kind of read and figure follow along um, and just sort of see what see what ones re um, resonate with you and keep on reading those. Absolutely. And if you find any that you like, be sure to share them with us. Please, please do. I always want more. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we spend most of our Instagram stories, uh, Instagram sessions, that is, uh, messaging each other Enneagram memes and it's posts. It's true. Yes. And, and posts about being introverts. Uh, so I actually looked at my... Uh, uh, somebody that we both know had posted on Instagram stories the other day, like what wanting to know what people's like search feed is on Instagram, like what is a yours made up mostly of and I and I actually looked at it because I rarely look at it. And it was <laughs> a very funny combination of Enneagram, uh, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and uh, like, um, like skincare stuff. So <laughs> Well, that's 100% can, accurate. So yes, you can tell what I spend a lot of time. Oh, and tattoos, of course. So <laughs> it was like pretty much those four things were my search feed on Instagram. So, <laughs> you know, it's that that's kind of me in a nutshell. Whole life reflected in Instagram these days. It is. It's true. It's true. It's a, it's a magical place. <laughs> well, Megan, I've enjoyed talking more about the Enneagram with you. I have enjoyed talking with you today as well. So, you know, I'm sure that we'll we'll talk more about this um, as we continue on in this in this podcasting journey. But again, we wanted to just sort of set a little bit of a foundation for for those of you who don't know what it is and have been curious, thought like, what the hell are these? What the hell are these memes that my friends are sharing? Now you know a little bit more about it. You can check it out. And now when we say later on, uh, you're an Enneagram type too, aren't you? You'll know what that means. Megan, it's been so fun talking to you about the Enneagram this week. I know. I feel like I learned a lot. I did too. I definitely learned a lot like doing the prep and research for this episode. Um, I hope that you listeners learned a lot. I hope that you'll join us back next week. We are going to talk about one of our favorite TV shows, Megan. We will be talking about The Good Place. Uh. And spoiler alert, we will be talking about all the first three seasons. And so if you have not yet watched The Good Place, you should just hurry not, up and watch it. Yeah, you should just not do anything this next week. And you should just binge all three seasons. I feel like that's a solid life choice. Like, just be sick from work it's doable yeah, totally doable totally They're short doable. episodes the seasons aren't too long you can do it and you can be ready to join us for our next podcast absolutely so right here next week gonna talk about the good place gonna get 
deep into it, deep into the obsession. Um, So we will see you here next week.